United States, where it was Sunday, December 7th, 1941. The guard at the Pan Am gate, an older American and a veteran of World War I, hollered to Edwards, Have you heard? Heard what? We're at war with Japan. Edwards joked that the guard shouldn't drink on the job, but the unsmiling man countered with enough details about the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor to be convincing. Rushing inside, Edwards heard the latest radio bulletins, none of which were good. Pearl Harbor was ablaze with burning and sinking U.S. warships. Edwards had heard a lot of talk in Hawaii about a possible war with Japan, although he never believed it would happen. But there had been a very realistic air raid drill at Pearl shortly before he left that made him wonder if rumors of war weren't so far-fetched after all. Still, he had not been overly worried about coming to the Philippines, which by treaty was under U.S. protection. Everyone believed Japan was a paper tiger and had no chance against America's military might. If war came, conventional wisdom was that the United States would win quickly. The next two days were a blur for Edwards. The Pan Am facilities were sandwiched between the Cavite Navy Yard and Sangley Point Naval Base, both prime military targets. The last scheduled Pan Am seaplane had passed through days earlier, headed for Hong Kong, where it had been destroyed in the bay by Japanese planes only hours after the Pearl Harbor attack. Pan Am had urgently recalled all its aircraft to the United States. None would be stopping at Manila, so orders came to dispose of the large supply of 55-gallon drums of aviation gasoline by rolling them into the bay during an outgoing tide. Alarmingly, the incoming tide brought them back, but they were quickly salvaged by Filipinos who anticipated a shortage of fuel for their fishing boats. The Pan Am employees were now standing round-the-clock watches for Japanese aircraft at the facility, so the company decided they should be armed. Ben, who, like many farm boys, knew his way around guns from hunting jackrabbits, was handed an old Enfield rifle like the one Sergeant York, another experienced jackrabbit hunter, had used to sharpshoot his way to the Medal of Honor in the First World War. On December 10th, Edwards was on duty in the office around noontime when the teletype started clacking. It was an urgent message from San Fernando, 140 miles north of Manila. More than 50 twin-engine Japanese bombers were headed down the coast. Ben called the commanding officer at Sangley Point and asked, Do you think they're coming for us? It didn't take long before they had their answer. Ben was standing on an outside deck, looking skyward, when he heard the planes and saw the first bombs fall into the waters off Sangley Point. He ran for the makeshift shelter they had built with sandbags beneath a grove of coconut palms several days earlier. Several other airline employees were there already. They didn't have a roof, which meant they had a front-row view of the silver planes with red meatball insignias crisscrossing the sky, unmolested. Anti-aircraft fire boomed in the distance, but it was ineffective, exploding nowhere near the attacking aircraft. For an hour, bombs fell, and secondary explosions lit off. When the attack stopped, Edwards left the shelter. Stunned, he watched a long procession of the wounded and dying being ferried past the front gate to the nearby naval hospital. Before long, 
the street was red with blood. Dorothy Still never planned to become a nurse. The Los Angeles native grew up wanting to be a dress designer and dreamed of working at Warner Brothers or one of the other Hollywood studios. But in 1932, with the country in the Depression, her mother, who considered nursing a noble profession for young women, took Dorothy, then 18, to L.A. County General Hospital to sign her up for the nursing program. After graduating, Dorothy worked at local hospitals before joining the Navy Nursing Corps in 1937. Her first assignment was at San Diego's Balboa Naval Hospital, and in 1939, she transferred to Manila. Now 30 years old, the freckled blonde with a dimpled girl-next-door smile had grown fond of Manila. She liked her work at the hospital, and the concentration of military bases in the area created lots of social opportunities for young